Hello, and welcome to The Tattooed Mind, podcasts where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their lives and careers. My name is Mike Fisher Du Bois, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Tim Atwell. He tells us about his time spent homeless and struggling just to make ends meet, how tattooing has brought him financial stability, and the ability to give back to kids who he feels are like him. Tim and I explore family life, finding balance, him donuts. I'm very excited to share our conversation. My name is Tim Atwell. I've been tattooing for coming up on 19 years now. I honestly fell into tattooing. I really wasn't geared in the avenue of becoming a tattooer as much as I was in the direction of really becoming uh, a piercer and a body mod artist. Um, <laughs> I know it's not popular now, but I mean, I've been a piercer for 25 years. Uh, I still pierce if I get asked. I'm still very knowledgeable on that stuff. But uh, as far as like my direction goes, I've obviously like most of us, I've always been into art. Art has always been my thing that kind of like kept me like oddly straight and narrow kept me entertained when I was a kid. Um, as far as like coming into the tattoo world, I really just wanted to pierce and uh, do body model. I got the opportunity when I started getting tattooed right around like 97, 98, which oddly enough, uh, when I started getting tattooed in the shop that I learned to tattoo in, um, that I managed and then that I owned and then that I expanded, uh, which is Delicious Ink Tattoo in Roxford, Illinois. I got that opportunity to do that, and it was just kind of like this slow-moving ball to to kind of fall into tattooing. Uh, so when I started here, um, and I was working with the original owner, um, I was here to pierce. That was my job: pierce, answer phone, help with schedule. I was tattooing here? I'm sorry, working here at the time. So uh, as that owner would kind of fall behind a little bit, that was back in the day. You know, you'd come into a shop and you'd have all like the little uh, licking sticks on the wall and all the little pork chops or flash. You know. So if he was falling behind or we didn't have lines for something, I would, I would help put that together. So he wouldn't fall behind anymore and um, kind of gave me the green light. He's like, Hey man, you know, I know you're here to pierce and that's what you want to do, but I really want to give you the opportunity to the tattoo. And, and I tried it and I was hooked, man, like immediately like, like that, you know, it, uh, it definitely changed my life. Um, definitely gave me some ups and downs and everything in between. So, so it's, it's been a weird little ride, man, you know? And it's, it's strange when I, when I take a look at what it was for me to become a tattooer in, in that time period. Um, the one thing that I talk about a lot, uh, when I'm talking to, like, I get an opportunity to talk to like a lot of students, um, anything from like middle schoolers to college students. Um, and I do that throughout the year. Right. Um, and a big thing that comes up is explaining to them that we have such we have such an ability to gain any ounce of information that we want as artists or 
uh, creators, you know, um, that when I wanted to learn something as a tattooer, uh, I waited for Ink and Lincoln to come around. Uh, that was actually the first convention I ever done. Uh, but when Ink and Lincoln would come around, I, you know, if I want to see something that, you know, oh, I want to see realism, you know, and um, I would want to go see whoever was doing portraits at the time or, or whatever, like whatever direction realism was in, in that, in that time, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, I'd sit there and watch somebody make tattoos, you know, like traditional tattoos weren't really there yet. You know, I mean, they were around, obviously, obviously, but like for me to watch new school stuff happen, you know, or, or portraits start to happen. Like, man, I'm sitting at somebody's booth and like trying not to be, you know, too overbearing or trying not to, to be this, you know, jerky 20 something year old dude that just wants to know everything. Um, or we have to wait for a magazine to come out, you know, like, you know, tattoo flash when it would drop or man, when I came across, like, I think it was skin deep or skin art, um, really large magazine off uh, from the UK and you'd come across, you know, all kinds of really rad things. And even you would have abstract stuff, you know, that would hit those magazines back then. And man, I was pumped, you know, but I had to wait for that. Now we, we click on Instagram and get to check out whatever we want, you know? Um, so it's a weird thing to be a tattooer now and be a tattooer that came up from then. Um, drawing everything on paper, struggling with pencil, colored pencil, micron, Sharpie, whatever medium that we were using, you know? Uh, it was it was different, man. So I'm gonna back up just a tiny bit. So 17 years old, uh, you know, irresponsible teenage kid. I had my daughter. I stuck through that, you know. Which trust me, you know, nobody in my family was super pumped about. Um, you know, like what are you gonna do? How are you gonna raise this kid? Uh, I got a lot of static from her mother's grandparents and from her family, and none of it was good, man. None of it was supportive. Um, we split up for a little bit, got back together, had my daughter, Rebecca, who actually works in my studio with me, which is awesome. I get to work with her every day. Uh, we had her. Um, and, you know, at that time, so now I have Noelle and Rebecca, uh, maybe 23-ish, somewhere in there, 22, working nonsense jobs, just knowing that, uh, you know, I don't want to work at Frito-Lay for the rest of my life or work at Walmart or the mall job that I carried at one point, um, I had two full-time jobs and a part-time jobs again, still being a dad. Uh, so really stressful, worked a lot of hours. Uh, I still work a lot of hours, um, just in something I actually like, but then like kind of like a change in dynamic, you know, as far as like my, my personal life went, I had, I really just had a really rough relationship with my, my first ex, uh, my daughter's mom. And then, uh, I, I couldn't take it anymore. You know, I'm working 20 hours a day, literally, uh, I get home and getting yelled at. Um, I took a few minutes to myself in my car one day, one morning, right. I've already worked 20 hours a day. I get to go home and take a nap for about four or five and I'm going to do it again. She's yelling and screaming or in this neighborhood. And uh, you know how you kind of get out of your car and you catch yourself in that rear view mirror. You know what I mean? You see yourself and you're like, I don't like what I see. I don't like what's going on. And I don't like what I'm doing. So I go in the house. I say, how do my two little kids? Um, and I was like, you know, you don't need to talk to me like that. I go to sleep. I get up. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So that's when I made the decision that her and I, her, her relationship and my relationship were no longer, 
um, compatible, right? Um, made a few other decisions to change my personal life, and I did. Uh, that situation then led to me getting divorced while I found out that I was pregnant with my third daughter. Her name is Addie. Um, she's like almost 21 now. Um, and uh, we found out that we were pregnant while we we're going through divorce. And you know what looks like shit? Uh, walking into a courtroom, a guy bailing on his wife who's pregnant. So good times. 10 out of 10, don't recommend that one. <laughs> um, so kind of speeding up a little bit, I ended up uh, getting with my second ex who I had my son with. Uh, his name's Ansel. Uh, he's 17 now. I got the opportunity to come into the tattoo world. We were dating for a while. Um, and again, my family was not pumped because I, you know, have these three kids. I'm now with this other woman. I was living with my brother at the time. I couldn't afford my own place. Um, uh, which was a struggle because again, I'm still working two jobs. Um, I, I am trying to get into the piercing world or piercing aspect of our world. Uh, which turned into my my tattoo career. But um, at one point, it wasn't working out my brother's house anymore. He was a young man, owned his own house, wanted to party all the time. Couldn't couldn't have that around me, right? I couldn't I couldn't uh, have that because of my court situation with my daughters. I would have lost my visitation rights, um, which is a completely different subject and conversation that would be very lengthy. But um, uh, I ended up being homeless uh, for. Man, I'd probably say about a year. Um, I had a small art studio where I painted at. It was in the bottom of an old building that I would uh, sleep in when it was too cold to sleep in my car. Um, I got to see my daughters on visitation days. My father would let me come to his house and stay with them when I had them. Um, so then, you know, I could I could sleep there. I could shower there. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Really, the hard part about that, okay, the hard part about that is like, fuck being homeless, whatever. Uh, fuck really not having a place to live. I don't care. Um, the humbling thing is, is when like, I'll admit to having to steal money from like, you know, those stupid little collection things. You go to a McDonald's or whatever, you'd put your spare change in. And um, every now and again, you give it a shake, right? You get some quarters that fall out. If you're really skilled, you might get that dollar bill that slips through. Um, the hardest thing was when I'd have my kids and, you know, I'm working two full-time jobs. I don't even have money to get an apartment. Um, my brother had asked me to leave. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, who's Ansel's mom, uh, went to move back with her parents because obviously she had that opportunity. Um the hardest thing, man, was taking that money that probably would have helped somebody else, but I, I needed it. Um, and like, I want you to understand, like, you know, and I know you know me, right. But like, I want you to understand, obviously it wasn't for, for drugs or, or booze or anything like that. Like I'm a, I'm a straight edge guy. Right. So, and I always have been, um, so it wasn't for that, but, uh, it was to be able to take my kids to a dairy queen or we have a dairy ripple. We call it the drippy nipple in town. Uh, it's just an ice cream shop. And, um, letting them order what they wanted to order and knowing that I have 
$7 in change in my pocket. And that's how I'm going to pay for them to eat their treat. Now, keep in mind, unless the job that I'm going to later that night has food on the table for me to eat, that's my money, dog. That's it. That's all I have. That's all I had. Right? The rest of my money went to lawyers, went to child support, uh, went to shit that just feeds a just just feeds an industry of its own that's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, man. So uh, it got to the point where you know I was slowly making a little bit of money in the studio, slowly getting to that point where like, man, just trying to nickel and dime and save what I could. Um, and I got the, I got the opportunity to get through my apprenticeship somewhat smoothly. Um, and I got the opportunity to start taking some walk-in clients because again, like I, I actually, I actually started making a little bit of money in the studio uh, through my apprenticeship. Like at this point, you know, I'm just catching for tips. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, this this cat changed changed my life one day when I knew it because I had a lot of people telling me, like, "What are you gonna do, man? You're gonna be a tattooer, really? Like, you're gonna make tattoos? That's gonna be your job? Like, you got to be fucking kidding me! Like, you have little kids, um, you know, you have nothing, you know, and I, I really didn't have much. Um, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna be an artist. I've always wanted to be an artist since I've been a little kid. Artist or brain surgeon? And well, I don't have the smarts for the whole brain surgery thing, and I definitely hated fucking school, so that wasn't a possibility. Um, but uh. This guy came through, and I still remember what I tattooed him. I did the word south and side. One on one arm, you know, one word on one arm, one word on the other. And uh, it took me all day just to do the lettering on one arm. Uh, and the guy I learned from was like, hey, man, I got to go. Like, you're going to have to have this cat come back. I'm like, all right, cool. He was really cool about it. Came back the next day. Um, he's like, what do I owe you, man? Like, what do, what do I owe you? Like, we're all done, right? Wrapped up. Like, what do I owe you? It's like, nothing, man. Like, I'm just tattooing for tips. You want to tip me? Cool. If not, I just need the experience, man. I really appreciate you. And, uh, dude, this man sent me $400. That was my first tip. That's more than I made in two weeks. Right? I took that money and I, I went to the owner and I was like, hey, man, like, this is what this guy tipped me, dude. Like, what do I do with this? And he's like, that was your tip? And I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, welcome to tattooing. I had to step out back because, like, I, like my body was full of adrenaline. I mean, yeah, cool, man. The money, right? Like, yeah, yeah, money. We all make money. We all need money. But that that's not what did it. That money is what I got to set aside with the other maybe, like, $600 that I stashed away over the course of, like, dude, once. And it helped me get my apartment uh, with my son's mom. So my girls had a place to fucking live. $400. How petty, right? How, how ridiculous. $400 changed my world. So, uh, that guy really helped me out like more than he knew. And, and that meant that money meant not, nothing to him. Right? Like it was whatever. So, uh, that really helped me put, put me in a different position and it really helped me appreciate and understand my opportunity. 
And that was it. Like this, this little bit of time and the effort and the skill that I'm learning is going to help provide a life for my kids. Now, <laughs> I wish, I wish my kids could chime in right now because I, I want to explain that, uh, you know, like juggling family dynamic. I just told you I have two ex-wives. <laughs> juggling family dynamic is, is a challenge. Um, I wish I understood that balance better when I was younger. Um, that is the one thing that I, I, if I could just dial it back a little bit. Uh, so anybody out there that has little kids right now, anybody that has a family that they're starting, anybody that has that notion of this is what I want to do. I mean, have that, have that balance dialed in, you know? Um, so, so I got started, I got that opportunity to, to help provide a life, um, and all I did was work constantly, man. I worked harder than I had ever worked before to the point where the job that was stable for me, you know, air quotes, stable. Um, I got to step away from that to be a tattooer. And granted, I, you know, I worked a lot of hours. I, I was stashing away money that I could hide from the child support agency and my attorneys and everybody else, my ex-wife. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of 401k stuff and some stock that I was buying. So when I cashed that out, when I bailed on the job, um, that helped me have a little bit of money set aside to where I could tattoo full time and not worry as much. So, so I started tattooing, uh, every day full time. And it was odd though, because I'd see my kids less than what I did when I was working bullshit jobs, you know, like I didn't understand how to ju juggle things. I didn't understand how to just have a real family dynamic. Um, you know, it's still very angry at, you know, my first ex-wife and their family and attorneys that were still bleeding me dry. And, um, but, but the shop is where I could actually find peace oddly enough because I actually got to do what I want to do, man. Like, you know, sit around, draw pictures, talk shit all day. And I love it. And I still love it. And it's really provided a good life for my, for my kids. Cause now if they need something, they have it something happens, they know that I'm there for them, not just emotionally, but financially. Um, I have a huge hang up with, with money uh, and things. You know, when you don't have things, you want all the things. Um, so tattooing really did, really did help me, you know, and it really has given me a huge opportunity to not only like, you know, buy into a tattoo shop, own the tattoo shop, but I own my building too, right? And I'm not talking, like I went to a bank and I got a mortgage no, man, I fucking, I had a land contract that I crushed in five years. I bought my building, paid for my building in five years. Paid my house off, put braces on my kids' teeth, um, helped them with their cars. They still pay for most of their car insurance and their cell phones, you know, and everything else that they need. And I'm utterly grateful for our industry that can provide us with a great life, um, and I'm really grateful for the ones that have been around that would, that, that did help me out. And I'm really actually grateful for the ones that shit all over me, you know, and told me this is a terrible idea and, and told me that I'm not going to become anything because I'll tell you what, man, spite was my biggest motivator for sure. 110%. Um, and really pushing forward to, to be able to, again, man, come into a shop just to be the piercer and the guy answering the phone was awesome. And then becoming a tattooer, man, like that was actually something back then. Now it seems like fucking everybody's doing it. Thinking back, 
maybe I shouldn't have missed so many birthdays. You know, I was just the guy that paid for it. You know, dude, I've dipped out on Christmas Day, bro. Fucking to go make a grand real quick because it would pay for the kids Christmas like in one day. Maybe I maybe I should have been there for more shitty singing concerts where kids dress up in crappy clothing and and you know, but reflecting on that a little bit is kind of hard because uh, my kids do mean a lot to me, you know. They really do. And my wife now, Maya, she means a lot to me. My career's still first, though. Still what I put first. And that might sound fucked up to people, but my career's still first. Because if I don't have it, I can't do anything else. And maybe that stemmed from being broke or poor, homeless for a minute. You know? But I'll tell you what, dude. You you sleep in a car when it's 30 below zero outside. You eat out of a garbage can. You wait for you know, Walmart to put out those free samples, bro. You're going to go. And you're going to figure out whatever you have to do to never do that again. I feel like a lot of tattooers get themselves wrapped into the, my career's first thing. Um, that, that's something that I myself have told my now wife, like when we first got together, it was like, you know, tattooing is always going to come before you. If you ever do ask me to pick, you're going to lose that argument. Thank God I found a woman who understands it and tattooing, you know, it saves lives and it can be really upsetting when you hear how many people outside of the industry don't understand that. For sure. And I mean, it's kind of funny that you, you said that about your wife, you know, because when I started dating Maya, first conversation we had, I was like, listen, like you're third on the list. It is my career. It is my kids. And that's you and that's fucking everything else. Because without that fucking, without that number one, man, that's, that's it, you know, like for real. So I'm glad somebody else says that, man. I just talked to a college like a month ago and I said that. And every, I can hear people in the, in like, in the, in, in like three or four sections back, just be like, what? <laughs> but it's the truth, man. Like, if you want to make it, if you want to do something well, or even if you just want to be, if you if you want to get somewhere, like you have to have dedication and determination. There's a certain cult of tattooing too, that a, a lot of us, particularly people who are a bit older and have been in tattooing longer, who had real apprenticeships, we had it drilled into our head, almost brainwashed. Like this is in fact, the most important thing. You eat tattooing, you breathe tattooing, you yeah. shit tattooing in the morning, you jerk off to tattooing, but that, that can make it super hard for us to find these other places that are, you know, good outlets for us. Right. Cause we're so wrapped into our work. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm always envious of anybody that's, that's, that's just got it figured out. Right. It's like, dude, I love my dogs. I, you know, I have these dogs. I take great care of them. I'll have a homie go get a dog from a pound. That dog won't leave his side. No matter what my dogs, as soon as I open the door, they split. Right. Like I'm always envious of somebody that has that balance just like in them and they just have it figured out and, I've never been that dude. I've always everything like figured out as we go and, 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 you know, make it work. But yeah, man, it's, it balance for us is hard. You know, I, for anybody out there that, that has that figured out cheers, like good for you. I'm still working on it. How do you feel that doing things like going out and talking to kids, like even if you're talking about tattooing, that's doing something that isn't 
directly tattooing involved that sort of thing has to re-energize you and help build purpose right it really does and you know like the biggest thing is like i'm not there to to get these kids to want to be tattooers that's not my goal right um nor am i trying to get them like hey man you should come here and get tattooed the biggest thing is understand that there's different avenues and different options for us as artists to actually make a living uh us as creative people to be able to make a living and then even if even if the people that i'm talking with and the, and the kids that i'm talking with or the teachers that are in the room or professors or whatever you know uh, whoever's listening to me find the hustle that you you like but like whatever you're loving to do figure it out and that's what you should be doing that's how you should be making your your money that's you should be able to monetize your time in something that you love to do to to be able to move forward in life like nobody tells a high schooler when you leave high school or even if you're going to college you're a college student and getting out of that like life gets harder not easier you know everybody thinks that they did this one thing that everybody expected them to do and, and they're handed that and that's what i really like to explain to them is like I mean, when you leave here Life is going to get more challenging and you're going to work for a long time. Jobs are hard. Careers, if you're doing that career with purpose and passion, is way better. Not saying that we don't have hard days and we don't deal with nonsense, but but man, like really just trying to help a student, help a kid, I don't care if they're 12 or 22, is after school specialism salary, you can do what you want to do. Like, Again, man, I draw pictures and talk shit all day. You and I both do. That's what we're here for, right? That's what we do. And if I can do that, you can go out and do what you want to do. So it really gives me like, it makes me feel better that I, I can tell somebody that because nobody told me that. Like we hear like, oh man, you can do it. You can do what you want to be, whatever you want to be when you grow up, right? I still don't want to know what I want to be when I grow up. But if I can tell somebody like, hey man, like you can do something. You really can. If I can do it, you can do it. And that's a real thing. And I really like to try to be as positive as I can and be as motivating as I can. And that's really important to me. And I, and I really feel good about doing that. And I really feel like anybody can cut a check to give back to the community, right? Like, but if you're taking your time, it's not like I'm getting paid, man. Like I don't get in, somebody cuts me a check for this shit, right? Like I'm going in there because I want to, and I'm going in there because I think I have something to offer. Um, and it makes me feel good to be able to give back to my community and to my area, you know, as the profession. I personally have a strong belief that giving back, working with people, um, any type of people, frankly, about anything, any sort of service yep. work like that is our purpose in this life. The only thing we have is helping out other people. Like at the end of the day, everything else goes away. Yep. You talked about having a career with passion and purpose, I think is the words you used. How do you keep that going after almost 20 years? Because I know I find myself burnt out and often kind of trying my best to not even think about tattoos because it can be so overwhelming sometimes. I really try not to be over-focused on, on becoming burnt out. And I think that's a huge part of it is like, don't stress about being burnt out. Don't worry about being burnt out or else I'm going to become burnt out. Right. Um, I mean, I love my days off. You know, my wife actually has me take days off now. Uh, and I actually take a vacation now, like a real vacation. I really think the biggest thing is like to keep 
to keep me moving forward is I keep setting goals, right? So like I try not to get burnt out on that thought of getting burnt out. So like there's other things that I want to do and accomplish. So that's what keeps me going. And that's what keeps me motivated. Definitely taking a little bit of time for myself now and understanding that I need that time. Like when you and I were just talking and it was a, again, to bring up that balance. I understand I need that now. Um, I need to not focus so much on just strictly tattooing. Um, but I've re found my passion for art and for painting and for drawing. And even when I'm just making things for myself, because that's crazy, right? Like making something for yourself and holding on to that passion. I think that's what does it. I think to answer, like to kind of get into that question, like truthfully, I think rediscovering my love for art in itself has kind of kept me focused on being a tattooer. Like I really found painting something I just want to paint, not because I'm having a, not that because there's a commission or not because I have an appointment or, uh, you know, I'm just doing this to get paid. Like just creating something has become so helpful to me. And I think that's what keeps that moving forward. And I think that's what keeps me from being completely burnt out on tattooing. Um, because I understand like, you know, I'm definitely like, I'm a tattooer, tattooer. Like I make things that I'm commissioned to make. I don't just say, I only do this or you get nothing. I am still a tattooer. I'm not above anything, man. You want a fucking bird silhouette flying out of a toilet with a splash of watercolor on it and your kid's birthday below it. Fuck yeah. I'm your guy, you know? Um, and I, and it's funny because I actually oddly get excited about people that come in to get their first tattoo and it's just, it's just trivial. You know, it's nothing that I worked on for hours on end or, or it's just something that I put together, whether I used a stamp on procreate or I just drew it out really quick or hell man, like <laughs> I've got lines of that from 10 years ago. Um, that, that actually still makes me smile you know when somebody comes in like no oh, i'm nervous you know this is my first thing and i want this and i think that's important you know and i, and I that might be a different discussion but i still think that's important you know and i think that's what got us all into this is man that excitement making something making somebody feel good about themselves right like that still gives me like purpose and that still fuels that passion for what we do is making somebody feel good about themselves at the end of the day Right. Maybe they're having a shit day. Maybe they're having the best day ever. If I can be part of that to make them better or keep that day moving forward, man, I want to be, you know, like I can talk all the shit I want. We can all have those days like, oh, I'm going to do the word believe upside down on a wrist. Like, man, who cares? That's going to make that person smile. It's going to make that person happy. My appointment today came in this morning. I was doing a brain cancer, like tribute kind of thing because her fucking husband died. Dude, that lady was so pumped when she got up off that table. Two hours of my life made her smile for I don't know how long. Made her day better for I don't know how long. For somebody that she lost that meant the world to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still appreciate that. And I, that still motivates me to keep going every day, too. You know? Yeah, I feel like that's something I often am missing in my personal life and my professional life is that connection with my clients over little things like that. I, I get really involved with my clients. Don't get me wrong. I 
um, only am working on large pieces. So I see the same people oftentimes for years. And that's basically all my clients. Sure. You know, I see once a month for at least six months. And some of them, you know, four or five years, I've been seeing them now. Um, but I, so much of my own ego gets wrapped up in these projects now that I lose just that pure joy of the other person and having that sense of empathy because it it becomes about me and my portfolio at a certain point. I appreciate working on larger projects and I appreciate all my repeats, right? Like I, I think that's part of Ted's doing that, you know, cause like we're still a street shop technically, right? Like you can, you can walk in the door. We have hours, you know, noon to eight, seven days a week, right? Like you can go walk in the door, but man, like I remember when people would walk in the door and like, holy shit, I'm going to tattoo right now. And I was stoked, man. There's a, there's a certain level of purity and just lack of stress that comes with, uh, you're here, I'm going to draw something real fast or just pull it out of this book and we're just going to go for it. Yeah, I missed that. Or like flipping through flash racks, you know, because when I travel, right, I, I get out a lot, lot. Um, you know, whether it be for like vacation we were talking about earlier, it would just be for a guest spot or convention or whatever. And dude, if I, if I roll past a, a sweet, sweet tat shack, I'm going inside. I'm going inside. You know, maybe I, I stepped in the doors of the dopest place ever, or I step into bargain basement, $25, pick what you want. We're doing this kind of shit. I still walk inside, right? Like I still walk inside, you know? Um, cause dude, I like that, man. I, I like that little bit of like, yeah, let's go. Let's just do this. Like, let's flip through some Cherry Creek stuff. Let's flip through some old, you know, I don't, I don't even know, like maybe some old tribal shit that's on the wall or whatever, but I, I miss that dude. You know, I do, but, but I, again, I came up at a different time, you know, and I, I appreciate that. I really do. Well, yeah. Man. And I feel like that kind of goes back to that cult of tattooing I was talking about. Like when, when you pass, it doesn't matter yeah. what tattoo shop that's your church you know those are your people you know those guys in there you might have never met them before but you know exactly who the fuck they are you know i think that's why i've still been doing like sturgis rally thing for so long because this is like the 19th season for me or some shit you'll have to look um, you might be like one of the longest consistently going tattooers there yeah i mean there's definitely a few that will beat me out but i'm i'm, I'm definitely up there yeah. these days right I'll tell you what, man, I met so many awesome people doing that event. You know, I have friends that are still my friends to this day. And one dude that I, I look up to and I still thank all the time is this cat named Jimmy that runs Hammers in Canton, Ohio. And I remember him telling me that he was building a shop. Like that man had a flat plot of land, built it from zero right like a new building and i was like man i want you know i want to own a building someday and you know and, and and he's an old school cat and you know he's like man work hard put your nose to that grindstone and just grind it away and you'll get there and he really motivated me to do that man and i still thank him to this day and we're still homies to this day but i met him at uh at a sturgis rally it's yeah no i you know? i get it i've had so many people that this industry has just brought me to i mean you for instance you know like you're an uh, inspiration of a guy, um, especially for someone like me that has struggled with so much with my alcohol use to see somebody who can be so involved and friendly in the industry 
and still be the sober guy. Like that has always just sort of been something that has been inspiring to me. I'm going to tell you a little secret. I don't know if I'll keep this in or not, but I feel like doing these podcasts, there's like a, there's two overarching purposes behind it. Both of them are fairly selfish. Um, One, (laughs) one is what I, I can can appreciate one is what I was talking about um, kind of with you with talking to the kids where, uh, and just the purpose of being of service to other people. I truly believe that by helping others, we help ourselves. Um, And then the other bigger one is I often feel like I don't know what the fuck is going on in my world. So getting to talk to guys like you who I look up to and and even guys that I don't necessarily think have their shit as together as they should. All of us have like wisdom that we don't even understand that we possess. Um, So, you know, getting to pull that out of you, that's totally for me. Anyone else who gets to hear it is a, bystander <laughs> you're the yeah. you're the byproduct right no i can appreciate that man i can appreciate that i i really can i i tell people anytime i get a, an opportunity to go into you know a school and speak or i do a really big event a couple times a year for a couple different schools where there's two like eight different schools that come through right i deal with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids like that like in sections of time throughout the whole day um and I just tell everybody, it's like, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm here. Like, I love the sound of my own voice. I'll fucking talk to anybody about anything, anywhere, anytime. Let's go. You know, like, I'm I'm down, man. So so I appreciate the opportunity just to kind of, like, give myself a little bit, you know, not just to you, but to anybody that's just willing to listen to my my shit, you know. Um, again, like, just, just kind of just having that. Man, I really want to be, I really want to be a positive influence right like if you could get like like really quick like if you could get to do something and i'm not talking about tattooing i'm not talking about any of that but if you could get to do something like what would you do like like because like for me i just i just want to be a positive person which i struggle with sometimes and i really want to be a positive influence you know but like what would you want right like if you could just be like hey this is this is this is what i want this is what i need to just get out what would it be you know i I think again that is truly part of what i'm doing here is that i think that if i can really make an impact on the world by helping people who are really struggling and lost uh man i felt so lost for so many years uh, and it sounds like you did too. And from me talking with everyone who I've done this with and all my clients and all of my coworkers over the years, we all have this assumption that everybody else has something figured out that we don't. Um, and it's just not fucking true <laughs> is really what it boils. No one has everything figured out but we all have like a little tiny piece of something um and i just want to help people share that with each other yeah nobody knows shit it's kind of like like everybody's just kind of pretending to get through it to have that facade of like i've got everything dialed in i am the epitome of perfection and yeah man that's cool that you said that 
because I always like look at other people around me. I'm like, fuck, dude, like, how do you, how are you so, how do you have this so, how do you have this? Yeah, no, we think they do, but they don't. It's kind of like when you look up to like a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or uncle, whoever was a really big part of your life. And it's like, oh my God, this dude's, this dude or this person is like a superhero, you know, like they know everything and they've got it all like figured out in life and I want to be just like them. And then as you get older and as you grow and your perspective changes and then you just realize like, oh man, my dad's just a dude that's trying to figure out some shit. Like I'm trying to fucking figure out right now. He's just 20 years ahead of the game, you know, like I have this huge issue with constantly feeling like I'm a failure constantly. Like it is something that I focus on so much that sometimes I have to shake myself out of that. And then you talking about that, like reflecting on the things that I am not, or, or that we are not rather to, to get us to a better point is a really cool way to think about that. You know, because I do, I, I struggle with that a lot, man. Like that's, that's just something that is hard because I never feel like I'm good enough. Not that I compare myself to others, right? Not like a dick measuring contest in, in a sense. But like, I'm just like, this isn't, I, I know I could be doing better. I know I could be working harder, right? Like, dude, you and I have a couple of mutual friends that there's times, man, where I'm just like, fuck, you guys make me feel lazy. Yeah. Like, I could do better. You know what I mean? Like, I know I could, I, could, I know I could do that too. Or I know I could do like, I know I could push myself in a direction to like, just kind of be on that mountain that I keep these guys on, you know? And, um. But yeah, man, like I do, I like, honestly, like I feel, I feel like I'm failing sometimes and I need to kind of backtrack a little bit, you know? Um, I, I don't, I don't know why nobody looks at me and says like, Tim, you suck. Fuck you. Like, and if they do, like, I would probably take that like, wait, what, why, you know, I'd kind of, I'd probably, you know, straighten out my shirt a little. One yeah. thing that I find in my life that can really help that. I suffer all those same issues for the record. I fucking hate myself. I do the doom scroll where I'm just sitting on Instagram, looking at my Instagram page. I'm not even looking at other people's Instagram pages. I'm looking at my Instagram page, seeing how I have 30 likes on this one picture and trying to figure out why everybody hates me, you know? So I, I, I get you, man. Um, and one of the big reframing devices that I'm, really trying to push in my life is figuring out what actually I want to be good at. And sure. maybe the older I get, the more that answer stops being tattooing as blasphemous as that might sound. So trying to reframe then what actually is success, you know, cause like, you know, you're never going to be, you're never going to be the guy who wakes up and, cuts out a whole bunch of wooden signs and hand paints them and draws a bunch of flash and then goes to work for eight hours. Like that's just not what you're going to do. Yeah. You have a business to run. You have, right. you know, this, that, and the other thing Like you, you have these other things sure. that are pulling away from you. Um, so what other areas of your life do you see yourself just really kicking ass at? Man, that's such a cool shop here in Rockford, right? So I have Delicious Inc. here in Rockford. And then I have 
Northern Hills Collective that I'm part of that's in Sturgis, South Dakota. Um, and then I have a small company that I'm trying to get off the ground, um, which is called Bruin. So it's a, it's a tattoo glide. Uh, uh, it's just an all natural uh, glide um, that I'm trying to work on right now. I've been working on that for about a year and a half uh, between like R and D and working with a chemist in a lab and, and all of this kind of stuff. And, and not that I'm trying to be the next, you know, thing, but like, like there's just certain parts about products that I really like. Um, so I'm working on that right now. Like entrepreneurship has became such a big part of me now. Um, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that yet because kind of going back to that imposter syndrome, right. Feeling like a failure, whether, you know, uh, I'm the fool or not in this sense, but, um, uh, you know, man, I'm, I'm really, I've really, be, I'm really becoming an entrepreneur in a few different ways. Um, and, I, and it's become a big part of me. And I don't, I don't know if that's where I want to be. Um, but I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do and so many things I want to accomplish um, that, that it's, it's, that's hard for me. But I think if I'm going to be really honest, the one thing that I still keep coming back to, and this might sound funny, this might sound a little silly, but yo, man, I want to make donuts so fucking bad. I just want to make donuts, bro. It. Like that old school Dunkin' Donuts commercial, like, I want to make the donuts. Like, man, I have this odd desire and overwhelming amount of me that's like, this is something that you can do. You can be completely creative. You can make up whatever you want. And it's going to put a smile on somebody's face. Like, man, we kind of just kind of came full yeah. circle. Like, if you're really asking, like, what I want to do is I really like talking about experiences. And I really love, like, giving insight and really gaining insight. Um, but, man, I think, I think making that for somebody and putting a smile on their face with a donut is again, man, I know this sounds lame, dude. I don't know. But, but dude, like I can make something really rad and really fun and really silly and really creative. And it just makes you smile. Right. Just, just like, like, how can you be pissed when you bite into a donut? I get my armpit tattooed. I'm mad. I bite into a donut. Yo, I'm just excited, man. Like, man, that's how I start my day. Maybe this is how I end my day. You know, um, whether it's that little bit of sugar addiction or whatever, man. But like, like, dude, I just, I just like, man, I, I like making people happy. Like, not like, I don't want to go out of my way to like kiss everybody's ass. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But, but dude, I, I like the idea of, of being able to say, this is what I do. And somebody's like, yo, that's cool. Wait, you do what? 